responding to Jesus, because we believe in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, because we believe in the one who died and rose again, then God just doesn't invite us just to like kind of float through life, that God has a plan. There's something he wants to do. And as we fulfill our mission of simply responding to Jesus, he's going to invite us to take steps that we wouldn't normally take. So we like to say here that our vision as a church is audacious. And you want your vision for your life to be audacious. Do you have a vision for your life? Well, in today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel reminds you that God wants you to partner with him in the work he's doing. You'll see that as you simply respond to Jesus, he'll invite you to join him in his plan and do things you normally wouldn't do. God wants big things for you, and he'd like you to help him accomplish the big things he's working on. So trust him, be courageous, and step out. Now here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Peter chapter 2 as he continues his message, Never Forget Who You Are. have in your life, the, the, the initiatives you're getting at, the things you're trying to do, we always want to be able to have the, who are we at the core of who we are? And so in order to kind of break this open today, I would love for you to open up your Bibles to the first epistle of Peter, first Peter chapter two. So I want to read to you verses nine and 10. You know, first Peter is one of the last books in your Bible towards the end of the new Testament, those, uh, those epistles there at the end. And it says this in first Peter chapter two, verses nine and 10 it says, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Now, what's beautiful here is the Apostle Peter, in writing this letter, is explaining both the fact that there were people who rejected Jesus. They stumbled at Jesus, the stumbling stone. They rejected him as the Messiah. But he's saying, although some people did that, you didn't. And then you have this beautiful statement of, this is who you are. Now, this is not only true for the, the church and the churches that Peter was writing to. These are things that are true about you today. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you haven't stumbled at Jesus as the stumbling stone, but you've allowed Jesus to be the rock on which you build your life, he is your savior and your Messiah, then Peter tells us that we are a chosen generation. Now, know what I love so much about this idea of the chosen generation? Because we live in a day and age where we have the generation wars. You know what I mean? And mostly it's just the boomers and the millennials, parents and their kids fighting about who's cooler. 
Now, as someone who is beautifully Gen X, like I'm kind of not in the crosshairs of this. I just kind of rocking on, doing my thing, not worrying about it. And then, of course, you have the younger generation. You know, and now we live in the day and age where the boomers love to, to, to bag on the millennials and the millennials love to bag on the boomers, you know. But the Bible says that you and I are what? A chosen generation. So the beauty is if you're a boomer, if you're a millennial, if you're Gen X, if you're Gen Z, if you don't even know what you are, guess what? You're chosen. You're God's chosen generation. You're the people that God has chosen to be his family. And that makes us, no matter if we're boomers or millennials or whatever we are, we're God's chosen people. And that's good enough for me, amen? So we don't got to bag on one another. We don't got to call each other names, say, oh, you're entitled. No, you're entitled. We forget all that stuff. You're chosen. Look at the person that just say, you're chosen. Yeah, powerful. We're chosen for what? Notice this. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. Wow. All of your, you ladies, your princess dreams, it's all in Christ. It says, you're a royal priesthood. You know, the idea of royalty speaks of the, the family members of the king. But not, not, not we're just royal. And obviously this has been in the news a little bit recently. Some people don't want to be so royal. But if you're in Christ, you are a royal. Right? But you're a royal priesthood. The idea of the priests in the Bible were people who, who mediated God to the people and the people to God. That was the role of the priests in uh, the children of Israel. They stood before God in the name of the people, and they stood before the people in the name of God. Guess what? If you're in Christ, you're a royal priest. So how cool is that? But he keeps going. He can't, he can't stop himself. A holy nation. Wow. Out of all the things you can say about any nation, if someone's in Christ, they're holy. Why? Because Jesus is holy. And when someone puts their faith in Jesus, Jesus shares his holiness with us. Now, how cool is it? You just take those three things. You're a chosen generation, you're a royal priesthood, and you're a holy, you're part of a holy nation. Don't forget who you are, brothers and sisters. That's who you are in Christ. And what happens when we forget who we are, we don't live into the reality of what it means to truly be in Christ. And then from there, he says that you're his own special people. Now, I always like to say that some of us are more special than others. I, I, I think that when, you know, there's, you know, like I always joke that when God looks at me, he's like, oh, Fusco. Oh, you know, he's my special one. You know what I mean? But really, and, I, and I'm making jokes here, but, but the idea of you being his special people means he cares about you. He loves you. He values you. Don't forget who you are. If you're in Christ, you're God's special people. He loves you. And then not only that, he does all this that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Notice that? Who we are leads us to be his mouthpiece. Our job is to proclaim the praises of the one who has done this in us. We keep talking about all that we are. It's upward, inward, and outward, right? It's God. God shows us who we are, identity, and it leads us outward. You see, it's here again, right? We believe in Jesus. That's the upward. And because of that, he says, look at what you are. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's special people. That's all who we are, that we might move outward and proclaim the praises. We proclaim the glory of this one who has done this amazing work. In our lives. So the upward and one outward. Look, it's right here in these verses. I don't make this stuff up. I just read the word and say, this is what it says. 
And then to, to end this all, I want you to notice, and I think this is so important, that Peter gets focused on the fact that God did a work, that if God didn't do this work, we wouldn't be this person. Notice, first he says that we proclaim the praises of him, at the end of verse 9, who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So God did a work. He called us. When he, in Jesus, he called us out of a life in darkness into the marvelous light of what it means to be in Christ. Not that, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. Which means that before Jesus called us, we were not his people. We were not his special people. But in his calling, we used to not be his people, but now we get to be the people of God. Right? And not only that, he also says, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And what this means is that each one of us has a past and Jesus becomes the dividing marker. We were in darkness, now we're in light. We were not a people, but now we're the people. We had not obtained mercy, but now in Christ we have obtained mercy. So Jesus is the center of who we are. And I don't know about you, I'm so grateful that God called me out of darkness. I'm so grateful that although I was not his people, he's like, you're my people. Although I had not obtained mercy in the past, now, because of Jesus, I'm a recipient of mercy. And that's not only true for me, that's true for anybody who put their faith and trust in Jesus. See, all of us have a past. We love to say, of course, every sinner has a past, right? And we realize that in Christ, every saint's got a future. God does a work in each one of us. So we can't forget who we are. Now, I share all this with you because I want to talk a little bit about who we are as a church family. So I like to say it this way. Our mission at Crossroads is simple. Our mission is simple. I think all of us should have a mission for your life. I believe that the Crossroads mission, it is so good that it should be your mission of life. And and really, the Crossroads mission is something that for me, it's like, I want to live this. So you're saying, okay, well, what's our mission? Anybody know what the Crossroads mission is? Simply responding to Jesus. That's who we are. Our mission is that you and I, we simply respond to Jesus. That's why I say our mission is simple. Our job is to simply respond to Jesus. Simply responding to Jesus is a four-word definition for what the Bible calls discipleship. Right? See, a discipleship is someone who is learning from somebody else. And I like to say that what, when somebody puts their faith and trust in Jesus and then they're born again, then God, by his spirit, begins to transform our natural reactions into biblical responses. Like, like on the day that you get saved, or maybe right before that, someone cuts you off when you're driving and you choose to lay on that noisy thing on your steering wheel... Maybe you have a few choice words. Maybe if you were raised like me, you roll down the window so that they can hear you a little bit more clearly. Right? Maybe, maybe you, you show off certain uh, fingers that you have, and it's not the peace sign or the thumbs up, right? And, and that might be the natural reaction that you're used to having. You respond to frustration with anger. You respond to somebody coming at you, and you escalate that situation but then you put your faith and trust in jesus and the spirit of god dwells in you and god begins to do a work of transforming those natural reactions to biblical responses because all of a sudden 
You're driving down the, 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 the road and someone cuts you off. And when you used to just get irate, now you start to bless those who persecute you. <laughs> you begin to pray for them. You begin to say, oh, Lord, bless that driver, Lord. You love them and I'm working on it right now. I'm sure they have an important place to be, way more important than where I'm going, right? Now, some of you are like, I want that to happen. Listen, if you simply respond to Jesus, that will start happening. Because God wants to do a work. God, God takes us from where we are, and he moves us, and he changes us, and he transforms us in the midst of the journey. And you begin to realize that all the stuff that goes on is God's way of doing the work that he wants to do in your life. That all the struggles, and all the trials, and all the things that go wrong are invitations from Jesus to live differently than you would. And then along the way, you start catching yourself, being like, I can't believe I just did that. And your spouse is like, what happened to you? And I don't know, but you're simply responding to Jesus. And as you're doing that, God is doing a work in your life. Every single day is an opportunity to simply respond to Jesus. Because God is inviting us into the abundant life. He's inviting us into light. He's inviting us to walk in mercy. He's inviting us to see ourselves as his own special people. Every day I wake up and say, Lord, let me simply respond to you today. It's a simple mission. Jesus says, come on, I want to do this thing. I say, okay, let's go. Right? He's like, hey, I want to go bless these folks. Okay, Lord, I'm here. Hey, don't say that. Okay, Lord. Sit there quietly. Right? In a million different ways. At your job, in your family, at home. That's the mission of this church. We talk about it all the time. We want to simply respond to Jesus. Now, from there, we take our mission and then we amplify it into what we call our vision. What does it mean to simply respond to Jesus? So I like to say, our vision is audacious. We have an audacious vision here. That word audacious, it's a big word. It makes you think that I'm smart. I just looked it up on the internet, you know. But it literally means to be daring. And I believe that if we're simply responding to Jesus, because we believe in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, because we believe in the one who died and rose again, then God just doesn't invite us just to like kind of float through life, that God has a plan. There's something he wants to do. And as we fulfill our mission of simply responding to Jesus, he's going to invite us to take steps that we wouldn't normally take. So we like to say here that our vision as a church is audacious. And you want your vision for your life to be audacious. Now, you might say, well, well Fusco, what, what's the vision of Crossroads? I'm so glad you asked. We'd like to say that our vision is that because Jesus is real, go, you can say it with me, we're a family of faith, fully engaged, transforming our community and our world. See, I believe this is an audacious vision. Now notice, you notice the upward, inward, and outward quality of our vision statement? Yeah, why? Because Jesus is real, we put Jesus up top. And I'm so proud, so many of you have the Jesus is real stickers on your car. You know, like, I, there's nothing more encouraging when I'm driving, I see a Jesus is real sticker. Because it it, it's a reminder that we believe that Jesus is real. He's street level. We don't need to be overly smart. We don't need to be overly sophisticated. People all the time like, hey, oh, you're at Crossroads? What's this whole Jesus is real thing? I'm like, what do you think it means? Well, I just think it means Jesus is, he, he's real. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's what it means. He's real. Right? And we're simply responding. He's alive today. He's at street level. And because Jesus is real, that's the upward, because we want to be with Jesus in a year of renewal. Once we're with Jesus, because he's real, then we're going to what? 
be the church. Because Jesus, we're what? We're a family of faith fully engaged. What that means is that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, he makes us his own special people. We become his family. We just read it in our Bible reading plan. Jesus said, who's my mother and my brothers except these who do the will of God? Right? And so we believe that because of Jesus, he makes us a family, a new family. And as a family, based on faith in Jesus, then we become fully engaged, which means everyone's got a role to play in this family. There's no such thing as someone who's part of the family who doesn't have a role to play. Now, don't get me wrong. Roles change over time, don't they? Right? Like I look at it with my beloved grandparents. There was a time when my grandfather was working and, and, and providing for his family. And, and now as he's gotten older and as my grandma's older, we don't like my grandma used to cook every meal. Now everyone cooks for her. Right? Because over time the roles change, but my grandma still has an essential part in the family. There's no such thing as a family member who's not fully engaged. There's a role when you're a baby, you get to be a baby. Right? When you're getting mature, then you have more. I remember, I mean, this has happened for my family. The greatest day of my life was when my son Obadiah was old enough to mow the lawn. (laughs) There was a time I wouldn't let him mow the lawn, but now he's old enough. And now I'm off. Praise the Lord. Right? And he's happy to do it. He wants the responsibility. He wants to cruise around in the John Deere. I don't mind it at all, you know? It works out for everybody. Right? But each part has a role to play in our family. Right? And because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith, fully engaged. That's to be the church. And if we're going to be with Jesus, we're going to be the church. Then we're going to what? Be on mission, right? That's our year of renewal. And what are we doing? Because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith, fully engaged, transforming our community and our world. We're on mission. So we've seen that our, our mission is simple. We're going to simply respond to Jesus. And then our, our vision is audacious. We'd like to also say that here at Crossroads, our operating system is biblical. Our operating system is biblical. Everyone knows what an operating system is, right? Like when you get a computer, the operating system is the the software that helps all the different things you want to do on the program run. Now, as a church family, we have a very specific operating system that God has given us. And I say it's biblical because, you know, uh, for us, it's, you know, some people think it's unique when we tell them about it, but we just find it in the Bible and it's just kind of who we are. And so our operating system is something that we like to call Dr. Mister. And we call it Dr. Mister because you notice it's D-R, M, and R, right? You see that D-R is doctor and M-R is mister, right? And, and so... And, and so really what we do is everything that we do here at Crossroads is, has to have these four components to it. So it needs to be devotional because we're devoted to the scriptures. We're Bible people here at Crossroads, unabashedly. We love God's word. We believe God's word. We're going to do everything we do on God's word. So we're, we're devotional because every ministry at Crossroads and everything we do is biblical, right? R, it's relational. Why? Because we're a family of faith. God has called us to be in relationship with one another, right? Then M, it's missional. Right? Because, of course, God's called us to transform our community and our world. In our year of renewal, we're what? On mission. So every ministry at Crossroads has a off-the-crossroads campus, in the community, reaching the world at its places of pain component to it. And then the final R is that we're reproducible. Because really, what, the point of a family is to raise a child into productive adulthood. And really, the goal of Crossroads is to see each one of us move from the day we get saved into spiritual maturity. And so the church is meant to be a place where the work of spiritual reproduction happens. 
And so within every ministry, everything that we do here at Crossroads has those components. Now, you notice the upward, inward, and outward framework again. Like, it's everywhere because it's in the greatest commandments. Like, this is why we do this stuff. It's we find this in the Bible. And so if you join any ministry at Crossroads, you're going to see Dr. Mr. at work. You're going to see, we're learning the scriptures. We're learning how to be a family that works together. We're seeking ways to be on mission in our community. And you're going to be unabashedly encouraged to grow to maturity at Crossroads. So the idea of any of us being like, yeah, I'm, as f- I'm not growing anymore. This is as far as I'm getting. This will be the most uncomfortable place in the world for you. Because we believe that we're all in process. God wants to do a work in all of us. Every day, he's helping us to know who we are and to walk in that. And so within the Crossroads family, this Dr. Mr. Framework is what, it's our operating system. Everything we do moves through that. So like if you're at men's ministry, you're going to be doing mission. You're going to be doing trips, you know, into the community. If you're doing Celebrate Recovery, same thing. If if our kids, we're encouraging them to take steps of faith. Everything that we do is kind of driven by this Dr. Mr. Framework. And so, and we just see that to be what the Bible teaches, right? Just like the early church, they were, they were devoted to the apostles' doctrine, the breaking of bread, prayers, and the whole thing. And, and that's exactly what we're trying to do as a church, reaching the world. And so, because our mission is simple, and because our vision is audacious, our operating system is biblical, all of this is impossible unless we make sure that we remind ourselves that our Lord is unstoppable. And, 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 and brothers and sisters, can I be honest with you? I've been a pastor now, I, I can't believe it, for almost 20 years. And it's so true. Like I was born into the pastorate. No, I'm just kidding. I totally wasn't, but I've been in it for a long time. And it's amazing how with each kind of passing of the seasons of life, you always hear all these things about the church and the church is this and the church is dying. And, you know, and it's just like, no. The reason the church will never die is because Jesus is unstoppable. You know, and and as long as Jesus is the head of the church, then the church is unstoppable because the gates of Hades can't prevail against the church. Now, don't get me wrong. At every turn, we have to make sure that Jesus is the center. We have to make sure that we're living upward first. And, And what happens if you read church history is that the church has a bad habit, and I mean the church in a universal sense, has a bad habit of getting focused on other things other than Jesus, right? They begin to develop our own agendas. And so sometimes when things, when people start talking about the church struggling or this or that, you know, I'm always reminded that if the church has Jesus at the center, because Jesus is unstoppable, I mean, listen, a Roman cross couldn't stop him. Guards and a stone in front of a tomb couldn't stop him. He's unstoppable. And as long as we keep Jesus front and center, Crossroads is going to be unstoppable because Jesus is. Jesus is Thanks for joining us today as Pastor Daniel reminded you that everything that's done in your life and in the church would be impossible without Jesus because he's unstoppable. You have what you need to respond to him and move out in the ways he's directing. God is able to do all things and has given you everything you need to live the abundant life he wants for you and the church as a whole. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. It's such an amazing honor to share God's word, and I love seeing how God is working through this ministry. Would you partner with us? 
I'd love for you to join us in sharing the message that Jesus is real by being a prayer partner or financial supporter. Find out more by visiting our website, jesusisrealradio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to jesusisrealradio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel will continue to remind you of the vision he has for you and the church. He'll talk about how a person's physical characteristics are really a reflection of what's inside them, their DNA. In the same way, your convictions are the DNA that drive your decisions. Pastor Daniel will invite you to explore the church's convictions and see how that impacts what they choose to do. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.